Hey everyone, welcome back to the Physiology Secrets Podcast. Nick Jankovs is here. This is part two of my conversation with an athlete I've been working with, Zach. He's a long course 70.3 triathlete we've been working with over the last three or so years. Like I said, this is part two of our conversation. So if you haven't listened to part one, go back and listen to that one first. That gets into all the little ins and outs detail of the initial part of us working together as a coach-athlete team. Now we're getting into the stuff that we're working on more currently in this last sort of 12-month period or so. So if you haven't listened to part one, go back, listen to that. Otherwise, jump right in. This is part two of our conversation. Hope you enjoy it. Now, Nick, like, so I'm talking about year three is what we're yeah. on. Like, this is now. This is now year now, three, yeah. Where we found out, um, you know, those changes, they're 90% training and maybe 10% diet. If yep. Maybe maybe 95% yep. training, maybe 10% diet. Yeah. Um, and I guess, you know, what we've found is, you know, what exactly what you said, the mix of the fuel sources, um, which is why, you know, testing in here, I guess, is so important because, you know, knowing the lactate profile, knowing the fatigue profile yeah. and knowing the metabolic profile, these are the things that are really, really powerful information. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's, and like the way we're looking at, like if we even take that as an example, like the way we're looking and discussing the data that we're looking at now it is very different to how we initially talked about it. Like we, I, I remember explaining stuff to you like very basically like I explained to 80% of the recreational athletes who come in for the first time here initially. It's like, this is the definition of VO2 max. Like what, what does this all actually mean? Here's some gen- <laughs> general ideas. Like, oh, your heart rate increases with exercise intensity. Like very basics. We're now looking at from that more integrated model of it's like, all right, we're trying to find what are the, what are the limiting factors now? What are some of the things that are, are changing really well? And we're not just going... Oh well, VH max is up, so that's great. It's now, well, like in some ex- aspects, we're probably not really concerned with that because we just want to be like, well, what's happening from a race specificity perspective? Where are our limiting factors? What what are the components that we can change to minimise those limiting factors or exploit those limiting factors to get an adaptation? Like it, the conversation's definitely shifted in a much more complex direction. We still obviously keep it quite simple, so we can we know where we're going with it. Keep it simple. But it's also this like it's this tra- it's this been this transition of like the more you've learnt as well over that path, like the easier it is for you to then comprehend how we're going about it. Yeah. Like rather than me just sort of talking at you and you go, What is he on about? There's like all these terms. Like even that little quick physiology discussion, like if I threw that at you three years ago, you would have been like, What is he on about? Who is this crazy man? But like you sort of get it now because you've sort of you, we're not just doing the training along the way, you're sort of picking up what some of this stuff means and you're feeling it and you're understanding it testing experimenting with stuff and you're going all right that didn't really work or this did work like that then becomes a really powerful approach then leading to to some racing so if we look at just quickly uh, before we sort of get into i guess where we're at like now sort of in this sort of year three we sort of look at the race season that was at the start of the year um unfortunately we're not racing this weekend at melbourne because someone forgot to put his race entry in but we're gonna be like 2023 is gonna be our next uh next 70.3 but if we look at our results from 2022 so we said just before, like initial race, we went 507 at Geelong. We went down to 419, had some GI upset. Our third crack at Geelong was a 411. No GI upset. A um, couple of things that changed uh, were about sort of 35 seconds quicker on the swim, uh, 29, pretty much a 29 flat, a 214 on the bike. So we saved about four minutes on the bike. Um, and then we saved about three minutes on the run. Do you, a very quick summary of that race. I remember we sort of came away from that being a little bit disappointed. I was absolutely um, devastated. Obviously, the year before we had, like, we had a fifty-minute drop. So, like, we probably weren't expecting to see another fifty minutes because that would have been a world-class, that would have been a world record time potentially. <laughs> so, we weren't going to see that much change. But 
you want to just explain why you probably came away from that being a bit disappointed? We had pretty much from memory no GI upset during right. that event. Yeah. But what was the disappointment? Like, why, why we come away from that going, we're seven or eight minutes quicker on the same course the following year? Like, why are we, why are we disappointed coming away from that comparatively? Man, I remember being on that run and I remember already, like, kind of planning out what we were going to change and yeah. um, what we were going to do different. Once again, though, I mean, we're talking about, at this point, I haven't actually, I'm um, one and a half, is it's your third seventy point three? One and a half years in, yeah, yeah. You start. We 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 were, we were sort of like getting to the back end of. Well, you've been train. You've been training realistically. So at the beginning of this, you've been training realistically for two years of training. Yeah, like the end. Like where we are now, right as it is now. So November twenty twenty two is sort of coming to the end of. Like beginning of next year will be the end of three years of actually like structured. Yeah, training. So we're sort of yeah getting the two years in but once again like I was so limited like what's tyre pressure Wait, hang on what do you mean we, tires, yeah. What, what? hang on yeah, um, hadn't done a lot with bike fit had we and like you're, I remember even that simple stuff we did the, remember the velodrome we went down and did some testing on like which helmet was a better choice to wear and like yeah. it's like we hadn't even thought about some of that stuff at that point yeah um, still just so many things but I just I thought that I could um, I just thought that I had potential to go a bit quicker yeah um but it didn't translate on race on race day so i just just remember being so so disappointed yeah yeah i remember you being pretty flat after that and like i mean looking at it at the time I, I remember being i remember trying to be much more on the side of like i reckon i was probably a bit flat too but i was like trying to keep you pumped up because i knew we had melbourne coming up and it's like let's not just bin this summer because we've had a an ordinary race um and, and it's it's one of those things like a lot of people sort of like watching and listening to this sort of go, why are you disappointed? You're like a seven or eight minute PB. But it's like, when we're talking about that point, like I think part of it that comes into it, something that, I mean, you, you might want to quickly touch on here. I remember going into that. Was it going into that, that's that summer of racing that you sprayed four hours, four zero zero on the uh, wall of the shed at home. Like you, you had in your mind leading into that. It's like, why, why, why can't we get as close as possible to four hours and can we break four hours this summer? I remember that being a bit yeah. of a goal. Yeah, yeah. And so we sort of look at the psychology of that feeding in. Again, maybe if we look at that sort of Dunning-Kruger philosophy of are we getting to a point where physiologically we've improved so much so quickly that we think it's just going to keep maybe happening. We set some pretty high expectations for ourselves and we, we fell a bit short. So, like, from a disappointment perspective, like, you can understand where that sort of comes from. Um, as much as, like, from an external side of things, a lot of people would look at that and be like, why are you complaining or disappointed about going and doing a PB and being, like, one of the top age groupers on the course? Like, internally for you, it's like we set our standards quite high and our expectation quite high and we didn't quite hit it. So, yeah, we're, we're going to be pretty frustrated and disappointed. Um, but then I guess that sort of almost motivates you a little bit to then keep going because it's like, yeah, we do, want to hit, we do want to hit four hours at some point was... and see a three at the end of our... Uh, at the end of our race, we want to be a three-something um, in terms of 70.3, uh, of which we got very close to Melbourne 2022. So obviously the race coming up, like, as we speak, this weekend, so November, but beginning of the year, age group only race, like, not long after Geelong, you then go into a four-hour three-minute, which, again, we still came away from feeling like we got more in the tank i remember from from that um much faster course comparatively which obviously sort of helped um but even if we look at some of the improvement there like 
15 or 20 seconds quicker on the swim. So first time in the 28s um, for a swim, 206 bike course, which was, were you, were you, you were up at, you were top three, weren't you? Amateur, amateur cyclist. I think I from memory, you might've been second fastest amateur bike, <laughs> bike time on the course or <laughs> something rem- like that. It was quick. All I remember is being so far behind you coming out of the sea. Yeah, so that was, that was the problem. Like, a couple get to of minutes your bike, down. Zach, yeah. and send it. Yeah. Just put your head down and bury yourself. And then, and then we finished off with a 123, <laughs> which I, I know from a 123 run perspective, um, that, that last, the first 10Ks, you felt pretty good. Back 10Ks, it was just like, I just don't have the legs today. Um, okay, so, okay. Actually, interestingly enough, we'll jump back to Geelong. Yep. Um, so, I finished on super devastated, but yep. just like so driven. Yep. So, like, I'm going to get it done. To, yeah. I mean, like you mentioned it before, I think I I was like, I'm going to, I think earlier that year, I was like, I'm going to set the bar so high yep. and, and I'm going to try and smash it. So, I got out the spray paint and in my little pain cave training yeah. den I spray painted on the wall that I look at when I'm on the train I'm like sub four um, and I was just so devastated when it didn't like I didn't even get close yep. um, all I wanted to do was train more and just work out what went wrong so I actually came back to you and we sat down you actually told me not to not to think about it not to really make any jump to any yep. conclusions for like you know gave it a week or something yep. and then I think I came and saw you and take just, the emotion. Take the emotion yeah. out of any decision making we're gonna we're gonna do because like it's really easy to get caught up in that. You have a bad performance and you're like, let's just bin everything we did because it didn't work. <laughs> like, it's like some things we do need to revise and look at. And I, like this, like since Melbourne at the start of the year, like we've gone through a few iterations of changing some things and like making some changes. But we're at a point now where we we need to really continue to think about changing things. Yeah. Um, but take the emotion out of it sit on it for a week and we come back and we look at it a lot more objectively rather than just being like that was a shit race i gotta change it i gotta reinvent the wheel here it's like we can sit back and go oh no we actually did achieve a bit but like all right what what specifically is it that we maybe didn't do enough of or what what can we change in that next block you look at it from a different perspective yeah exactly so i never like making decisions immediately after what's happened you got to sit on it for at least a couple of days if not a week like let yourself recover and Take take all that. Don't put, you, don't put your bike in the bin. Hundred percent, hundred percent. You got to look. You got to look at it from a perspective of like, yeah. If you look at it emotionally, like you you'll end up putting yourself in a in a bad position for your next your next event, which was a close turnaround. But then like for future preps, you like, like it just leads to more frustration. Yeah. Um. So I think this really highlights how important working with a coach is. Yeah. Um, and probably how lucky I was working with you at the time coach and physiologist so we sat down and chatted about the race and i mentioned a few key things that i think you picked up on number one was on the run at geelong feeling completely fine legs felt fine everything felt fine just couldn't go any faster yeah we just didn't have the speed there you're Um, like i could hold this for as long as i wanted but we just couldn't go any quicker i could have run forever i could have run i could have done um you might as well have been Iron Man. I could have yeah. just kept going. I just wasn't going fast enough. Just coming back to our point before about you having the same pace across all events. That's kind of our theory a little bit, but we, we might touch on that a bit later or another time. But. So there was just a few things that I had said yeah. or verbalized, just describing the feelings and what was happening that you picked up on. Um, and we were able to make some tweaks in the training. Like it was a super short turnaround. I mean, there wasn't yeah. a lot of training, but you picked up on it pretty well. And just were able to kind of tweak the engine, I guess, um, between Geelong and Melbourne. 
um, change the training. And it was good at this point because I guess the first time we went through things, we had no idea. Like it's just yep. you're throwing paint at a wall or you're throwing... Like yep. you, you, don't, you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, 100%. Um, so we had... So I guess the first time you get through it, you kind of, you don't know how someone's going to adapt and respond. Yeah. And now this was kind of the second time we were going through. We used a similar similar um, plan, strategy, training program. Yep. But, you know, at that point it was... I think you started to pick up what was really working and what wasn't working so well, what I was responding to and what was just smashing me. Yeah. Um, yeah, what, what was what was <laughs> inducing a stimulus for adaptation versus what was just... We were making just, we me were tired. Just, we were just going out and doing... And, <laughs> and not, not going out and doing sessions, but it's like in on reflection, it's like what were the things that, yeah, we're just burning you out, making it hard for us to get the adaptation because we weren't recovering appropriately from it. Um, what were some of the tweaks that we could make that... All right, well, we need to find an extra couple of percent here. Because, um, I mean, fundamentally leading to that, we didn't, like leading to that Geelong race, like a lot of the principles we'd had previously used were still in, in play. Yeah. Um, again, because of that sort of, I guess, from my perspective, it's a bit of that conservative approach of, like, like we're three years in, like, like not even at that point, we're still like two years into the sport. Like at what point do the do the fundamental basic stuff stop working? Like we're still trying to find when that when that is. Like, are we still going to keep having that progression? Because we hadn't seen, we hadn't seen a negative occur. Uh, and even at that point, it's like you still went quicker. It's like we still technically hadn't seen. It's like, at, at what point do we really have to be very very strategic? And I think that's that's where we sort of hit that balance, isn't it? It's like absolutely right, we have to be we have to be really picky and pedantic here about like where we yep. put things in and how we do it because yep. like we're, we're clearly at more of an advanced stage yeah absolutely yeah. um and you know i guess the first time through we kind of you followed it you just followed super like you just needs yeah. to be super basic here there's no need for any kind of crazy yeah. you know just oh, okay we'll do low intensity we'll be a bit polarized you know we'll hit mm. some vo2 max stuff and then we'll do low intensity stuff we'll just build your engine yeah. um and then coming into racing we'll look at pushing these thresholds and then you know maybe we'll do some race specific work and then that second time through just it yep. was I was lucky that I had a coach looking at stuff yep. just to see what worked and comparing it back to the first time and it, yeah just super interesting um, yep. and then like I said able to make the tweaks and then turned around um, at Melbourne still I don't know not super stoked with the result yeah but I think that that one largely probably hurt a bit more because it was I mean we sort of were getting to a point here where you're going we're starting to race quick enough that we're, we're right at the top of the age group field. Like, and we've, we've obviously discussed like the possibilities of maybe being able to progress into a, a professional <laughs> sort of ranks um, at, at maybe some point in time, we're starting to get close time-wise. But I think like when we talk about that goal before that you wrote four hours on the wall and we get to it, we do a four Oh three and the back end of that run, you sort of, you, you probably knew, you probably knew reasonably early in the run that it was, it was going to be tight to get to the four hour and you go, maybe, like it's fading away. Like, did you feel that in the last no. couple of K or do you still feel it was on the cards? Because oh, I, I, uh, I, to be completely honest, my perspective and there's, there's video of this on my Instagram of you running through that finishing shoot and you looked at, you looked absolutely dejected. You just did not want to be there. Like that, that was the look you gave me not running through going, I'm going to finish sub four here. Happy days. Oh. Like you, you looked like you had plenty of unfinished business coming through that finish shoot. Where, okay. So that, okay. So what happened? Um, I came off the bike. I just, okay. The whole race, I guess. Yep. I swam, um, 
I just try and like I'm not a great swimmer. I mean, I learned to swim through COVID. Yep. Spent about twenty hours in the pool yep. over the last two yep. years. Which is which is so, yeah, hard hard to do when you can't. <laughs> you're not allowed to go to the pool to yeah. swim. Um, um, anyway, <laughs> so it's, for me, it's always just kind of um, just try and swim super efficient. And don't yep. Try and burn too much energy. So I came out of the swim and I was like, just get to your bike and try and make up some time on those yeah, guys do that are up can. the front. Um, so I like rode my little heart out. <laughs> got into T1. Um, like once again, I got no idea what the time at the stage I'm racing. I got no yeah. idea what the times were and stuff. Um, but came out of T1 and I was absolutely flying. Um, but you know the problem was that I probably it was I I remember it. I actually raced in a new race suit, and I probably hadn't done enough work in the race suit similar to race conditions yeah because for me i remember it being it feeling really warm and humid yeah um which is interesting because it was a it was compared to so you wore a different suit at geelong same brand suit it's just the newer version of it um which is sort of an interesting thing to then look at like in the future it's like technically on paper it doesn't sound like much of a change does it but it's like you actually experienced it being Hot. quite different and it might yeah changed a lot in terms of performance just because of that heat load um, exactly but came off came off the bike into the run um, and the first 5k's I remember looking down at my watch just going holy crap I think I was running 345's like I was absolutely flying yep. and I'm like far out Zachy boy all you need to do is just get to the turnaround yep. and just hold on to this pace like this is you this is what you do you don't slow down um, and no one is going to run faster in the back half of this marathon. This is just going to be a slog fest for everyone. Yep. Anyway, got down to the first turnaround and just, I remember feeling my legs just this heavy, like just, it was such a quick thing. Just felt like I was walking around with bags of concrete. Yeah. Um, it was, <laughs> it was just the worst. Yeah. And it, it was from that point there probably wouldn't have mattered. Oh, there would have been a bit of consolation, I guess, if I went in the four hours. But yep. um, knowing that I wasn't able to finish the race and do my best, yep. what I, what I, that, that I was capable of, um, you know, from that point, I was just so angry. And yep. knowing that I had to slow down, probably because I hadn't fueled enough. Yep. Because it was like I felt a bit hotter. So probably need to take... I probably needed to take on a bit more fuel and a bit more hydration. Yeah. Because, um, like, I mean, just for just for context, though. So, um, we know in the heat, high, like, generally speaking, it like if you keep the same intensity, hotter conditions, oxygen consumption is going to go up. Things get harder for us. We're, we're doing more with our blood flow because we're trying to cool ourselves down. But ultimately, it's going to mean we're probably going to burn through fuel a little bit quicker too. But what what was your fueling strategy overall? How many grams of carbs are you aiming to hit per hour? just to give a bit of context to, to the situation. So I think I was aiming for 90 on the bike. Yep. But in hindsight, I probably needed to, to bump that Do a bit more. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And, that, and that's where like... Especially you, because of how hard I rode. Yeah. And that, that's where we look at, I mean, what's, what's capable. So we've gone from, yeah, initially we've sort of gone from not taking anything. We Over a couple of years, we've built up to be able to take 90 grams per hour very comfortably, no issues. Now we're starting to get to a point where we go... We look at what the elite and professional guys are doing. A lot of them are taking 110, 120 
potentially even getting close to 130 grams of carbs per hour. Definitely on the bike, they're loading up excessively more. I and because it, uh, you are riding so much, like heard, so hard. I heard that the uh, someone, not someone, maybe the Norwegian guys are pushing 140. That doesn't surprise me. Because again, we talk about that simple view of like, if we want to work this hard, it requires this much energy. And if yeah, we have the energy available. So like, it, it's exactly. like, there is, there is, it's more, it's more complex than that physiologically, but it also doesn't necessarily have to be that complex no, because it's just a process of energy in, energy that's, that's out. Exactly right. So, so like, as long as we are putting enough energy in to combat the decline in fuel stores, like uh, enough that we can prevent the fatigue factor, like we're going to be okay. And, and we sort of look at that and go, in hindsight, you fuel up a bit more. Like you've absolutely, you've done your, your fastest bike by a long way. Like that, that average kilometers per hour is like 40 plus. What's that? Was that coming out to be forty two? What'd you hold? Forty two, oh, something like that. Okay. It was forty plus k, like definitely forty plus k an hour um, for ninety k's, and then you're trying to run off that. I mean, yeah, like you're gonna be burned through a lot of fuel. So in hindsight, it's like yeah, if we're able to take on a lot, a, a bit more fuel on the bike, does that help us? But it's still, it's your fourth half Ironman. Like a lot of guys, yeah. a lot of <laughs> yeah. guys, a lot of guys your age who are sort of into long course racing have probably done eight, ten potentially events. They might be doing two events a year for the last five years. Like, there's ten events already. Um, it was your fourth race. We're still trying to put all of this together in terms of piecing, like, what's what's appropriate, what's right. Um, and, and, like, you'll still continue to learn learn through that process. It's like when you are then going and, like, if there's some other, other quick guys on course, like, I remember that, like, that Melbourne course, we all sort of joked about the age group field being a bit of a draft fest. Like, everyone's stuck together. I remember seeing you out on the bike, though. Like, you were by yourself. That because problem. we missed because we yeah. missed a bit of that front group in the swim it's like you're out there yeah. on your own so you didn't have any pacing to work off other people you couldn't maximize like draft zones obviously 12 meters you can't maximize sitting at 12.1 like all those little factors like you're doing like yeah you didn't ever really i remember for the most part when you came past like where i am down on beach road it was like I, there was no one in front of you like you actually couldn't see people in front of you in some parts of the course which is a bit unusual but it's also like you get a few, you're able to bridge that gap, get into a few situations where you can work off others. That helps you conserve a bit. Yep. But fundamentally, it's like if we fuel up as well, like it potentially wouldn't have mattered. Like we know a lot of guys struggled on the run anyway because um, of the day and the conditions and how quick everyone biked. But fueling up that little bit extra, I mean, that's obviously something I'm assuming you're going to be definitely taking into this upcoming season is like, we just got to try and get a bit more fuel in. Um, which again, it's just relative to the fact that we're working harder than we ever have. Like, yeah, yeah like you expend more energy. You need yeah, that's, like, that's exactly again, right. We, we hey. come back to it again and again. It's such a simple thought, but <laughs> you, it's like, you want to, you want to sit on 250 watts or you want to sit on, you know, 300 yep. watts. Hang on. Do you really want to sit there? How much energy an hour? Like 270 yeah. is a thousand calories an hour. Even if your best case scenario, 50, yeah. 50 carbs and fat, Yep. That's 500, it's 500 calories from fat, um, so from carbs, carbs. Butter and butter um, from fat. I mean, we're talking about that's 100 grams, over 100 grams an hour, 125 that's, grams that's, an hour. Yeah, that's a, that's a lot of fuel being expended. Um, so, you know, yeah. that's a lot. Yeah, and, and not, and like, I mean, not all of the stuff you put back in will actually be directly then converted into ATP. Like, some, like, like it, it, there's always going to be a loss somewhere. Like we, we were actually chatting before in terms of like the efficiency process. It's like a lot of it's going to turn into heat like as a byproduct. Like we're actually going to lose a lot of that energy production as heat. So like the fueling aspect again is super, super critical and will continue to be more critical the faster and faster you get. Um, 
which I guess if we sort of then start to think about rounding this out, like really realistically, if we look at the, the process that we've gone through, initially we talked about like basic programming, like we start to get into a bit more sort of formalized coaching. Like realistically now you're sort of at a point where you're, you can, like we actually had this conversation a few weeks ago where you can like you can basically do the programming stuff yourself like you know enough now that it's like i don't need to be the one who needs to write in oh zach you gotta you gotta swim and bike and these sessions is that like the my the minute detail stuff is more where i'm coming in and just helping oversee some stuff now because you're definitely at that point where it's like you know enough about how to structure your week best for you fit it in around work um be able to get the maximal out of it like i don't need to put the basic stuff in there for you anymore I now sort of serve as that sort of, again, like just checking to make sure we're, we're ticking the boxes that we need to, um, which again, it's the type of thing. It's like, that, that's what we've always sort of worked off here in, in terms of our philosophy of if we think that's appropriate for you, like we just want to be able to do the best that's going to fit in with what you need. Um, do I, do I need to be, be there telling you, telling you what session to do every single day? Like, you know enough now that you, you're beyond that point. But do we like? Is it useful like being here and us sitting down and having a solid conversation around what's going on, working things out, having an additional perspective? Like that's the part that's going to be really useful for us now is that extra set of eyes. Um, yep. Of which, yeah, we've brought more sets of eyes in. It's like you've got myself, you've got a team here, but we, we go see the guys at Monash. We like we link up with what some of the, the local guys who are racing on the pro scene are doing, try and get some of their insights. Like we're going to try and work off a little bit more of that over the last little while we start really diving into the bike uh, a little bit more so going and seeing ken at adaptive hp like getting you dialed in position wise he's chatting about before you've got a new bike which is always exciting i mean Um, that was that was just i think between geelong and melbourne i mean that was one of the people who i went and saw and who really helped me um like tight choice pressures even um, just like subtle aerodynamic changes yeah yeah the position i was in um yeah makes a huge it's, difference it's massive yeah it's huge but like and all of this stuff that we're now talking about is like they're they're fun they're fundamental components of what makes up a really good endurance performance but in terms of the percentage improvement you're going to get like your tire choice is is a very minute percentage improvement like your tire choice isn't going to give you a 30 minute pb Ooh, maybe maybe you reckon you reckon you're gonna go and do like a oh, sub two hour? If you got a good tire and you got a, um... it's gonna give you a bit of improvement. When you're talking like the difference between you going four oh three and four minute four hour at, at Melbourne total time, if you just looked at a tire change there, probably gives you a bit of time. But it's not the type of thing that's gonna make you go three forty five. No, no. Way. You know, you know what I mean. Yeah. So like we're we're now starting to look at like small little tweaks that will give us a bit of change but we're not looking at things that are going to drop us that 30 minutes or that 40 minutes anymore. And we like, it's just not physiologically possible to drop that amount of time necessarily as big chunks. Um, but when we compound some of that, so you compound your tire choice versus, all right, let's look at, is this suit the most appropriate for us to wear? Is it the most aero? Is it going to keep us cool? Is this helmet choice the best for us? Is this position perfectly optimized or are we a bit more flexible now so we can get into a further optimized position? you add those up together and now we get our chunks of time being eliminated. Like that's where we start to drop the three, four or five minutes again. Um, which is again, all coming from these like extra little optimization tweaks rather than looking at the basic stuff we did uh, at the beginning. So if we sort of maybe round this out, cause we sort of rambled on a little bit, like this is a bit of a, a, a massive overview um, of the entire process. Where, where are we at right now? What are we looking forward to next little while? 
Uh, like we said before, we're not we're not locked into uh, we, we're not racing this week, which is a bit unfortunate. Cause not, we probably feel not, ready to race, but not swimming down Beach Road. Yeah, yeah, pretty. Uh, well, you're not going to be probably not going to be swimming at all, really. Um, <laughs> what's the next race you've got in mind uh, in terms of major race seventy point three? Um, and how are we sort of feeling for this? I guess upcoming season of racing because it's still going to be what a couple of months until we realistically have another chance to race, given we're not racing this weekend. Where are we at now? What are we? How are we feeling leading to this season? Um, and we'll probably sort of round it out there because I think that gives us a pretty good view of your transition over the, the couple of years. Maybe even throwing there like sort of future goals. Like what are we looking at, not just for this summer, but like maybe even next twelve months. Like where do we see ourselves? I just want to go fast, man. I just want to go fast. Um, I don't know. Next race is going to be Tassie. Yep, Hobart seventy point three. Hobart seventy point three. Um, and then more than likely, probably just back up. Straight into Geelong. Yep. Um, Which will be a good one again because, I mean, it's fourth year in a row. Con- again, consistent course. We can see where we're at as a benchmark, but... <laughs> as much as I yep. love suffering <laughs> along that waterfront. Um, and then, like I said, it's just been awesome um, being able to work on with you and now <laughs> having two years of training data to look back on to make the tweaks that we needed to tweak to know what was working and what didn't work. Going into year three, yep. Um, you know, the after Melbourne, I was kind of like, maybe I'm done, maybe this is as fit as I'll ever get, rock and roll, Zachy boy. Um, you sell all your crap and go back to being a normal human <laughs> being. Get back on the beers. Don't be a crazy man. You did actually say that. Uh, what, what, you actually said that when you didn't get your race entry from Melbourne, which yeah, was not that long it. ago. It was a long you're, off you're, season. You were almost prepared to bin it for a while, and I was like, "Mate, come on! There's plenty of stuff we can find, and you'll be right. Like, it's not that long. We're November already. Give it another what three months, and we'll be, we'll be at Hobart. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It's not going to be that long. But um, yeah, like, uh, you know, maybe I thought that was as good as I could get, but making the tweaks that we've yeah. made more recently, yeah. Um, you know, I just I. I couldn't do the things that I'm doing now last year, which yep. is interesting. Um, yep. So hopefully, hopefully, I mean, hopefully I can swim and not be a sphincter. Yep. Um, that, like, <laughs> what, that, that's what, just a, a, what a description of your swimming ability. That's, a, that's definitely something that, like, in terms of opportunities, we, we've said for a while, but, like, it's going to become increasingly relevant for you to get much better in the water isn't it it's yeah, like it's we, just, that, that's a big chunk of time we could be dropping it's just time in the water and yep. just more and more swimming um work on technique i think i went and saw breton from effortless swimming yeah um and breton just looked at me and said dude we got a bit of work to do he said you got a bit of work to do <laughs> but he said you know he said don't go to the pool and just smash yourself he's like yep. it's not about fitness it's, it's about skill, it's about skill acquisition yep um He's like, I just want you to just go and work at your technique, yep. um, you know. And then once you once you start swimming properly, then yep. then we'll do a bit more. Anyway, um, so hopefully I can work a bit on my swim. Um, my bike's getting to a, a great place where it's I can ride and put in enough power, and it's not taxing me. Um, yep. I'm not smoking through glycogen stores like there's no tomorrow. Yeah. Um, which hopefully is going to, you know, set me up for a, a better run and um, going harder for longer to the back end of back end of that half marathon. Yeah. Um, See what happens then on the day, hey, isn't it? Like, well, I mean, it's one of those things as well, like, because it's going to be important we have a strong bike 
at Hobart, it's just like you look at the profile of it, it's just like up and down, up and down, up and down. It's not a dead flat course at all. Like it's a yeah, it's a bit undulating. So strong bike there is gonna be important. Um, but I mean, like you said, it's just like we just we're we're in like the positive thing is like you're in a comparative to pre like last year. It's like we're in a position where we feel like we're a lot better, which is always exciting to sort of go. All right, how's that gonna translate? That's probably like a little bit of frustration at the moment, isn't it? It's just like we wish we had a race in December that we could go and maybe have a crack at. Um, anything longer term that like longer term than that? Where are we sort of at? Like last little thing of we've sort of touched on that point of we've always sort of felt maybe your your intensity is a bit similar across a lot of different different race distances. The obvious question then is thoughts on full distance. We have discussed it. But like, I guess that's probably what a, a lot of people are thinking is like, oh, you've clearly done quite well as an age grouper. And a lot of these times are like pretty impressive. Like, have you thought about doing an Ironman? Does it appeal to you? Do you want to have a crack at it eventually? Do you think you're suited to it? I think we probably are. We probably are well suited to really long distance stuff. Like you're like, it sort of seems to be a bit that way. It's sort of a feel thing for me, but like, do you have any interest in that? Or is it more of a case of like, we want to go really well and, and how close can we get to maybe getting a little bit of a look at a pro license like what's <laughs> what's more what's more of a relevant conversation for you or is it or is it just you just want to keep getting better like is that is that majorly the a bit of the driver or is it combinational I just, want to, go, I just want to go as fast as I can <laughs> I just want to go fast you said that a few go. times yeah. um, it, you know for me it's probably just more about you know what is my potential and can I get there and yeah. where does it stop and how far can you how far can I push my body and um, what can I achieve um, but in terms of Ironman and the full distance there'd have to be part of you that wants to have a crack isn't it? it's definitely on the cards yeah. um, especially seeing how my body's reacted to the last block of training um, which has been pretty solid volume hasn't it it's like you've been getting out there doing some salt like big sessions yep like a lot of like pro- probably the type of thing that if you're going really full into Ironman probably want a little bit probably a touch more volume than that yeah. like specifically, but like comparative to before, you're handling a lot of volume a lot better than you have previously. So that's probably the part that maybe says, yeah, you at some point, like you might handle it okay. But, oh, see how you go. See how you go, maybe. Uh, I've put it this way. I haven't, <laughs> I, I haven't booked any races looking, yet, but I've been looking pretty you've hard. You've been looking? Yep. Well, we've, still got, we've still got plenty of time. Still got plenty of time. Let's get we'll get through these seventy point threes first, and we'll and we'll see. But I mean, as a as a bit of a summary, like a lot, a lot has been achieved in sort of realistically like two and a half to three years, hasn't it? It's like Absolutely. from where you've come from. Yeah. Like, hopefully, this has given a bit of an insight into that process. Like, by no means have we been extensive here in terms of talking about the absolute ins and outs. It's been like cover. We try to cover a lot of ground, and maybe we'll go back and do a couple of extra follow ups of get really into some like what its training actually looked like, and those who might be interested can can sort of let us know. Um, if you want to see that sort of stuff, because like we've we've definitely left a few things out, not by any reason other than we just got on tangents a few times here about various different topics that have come up. But I think it's sort of interesting to look back and reflect on the transition because it's a pretty impressive one. Like realistically, you look from the outside and go, in the space of a couple of years, to go from five hour to four hour basically, to drop an hour off your time uh, in a seventy point three in a short space of time as a non-triathlete, non-swimmer coming into it, like, it's pretty impressive. So, like I said before, all credit all credit to you doing the work because I just get the easy job of telling you telling you what stuff I think we should do. You have to go out and actually do the work, do the training. Um, 
so pretty impressive. So I appreciate you sharing it with everyone uh, in terms of that process. And yeah, looking forward to an exciting race season uh, coming up in the next little bit. Absolutely, 100%. So that concludes our full conversation or my full conversation with Zach, our 70.3 triathlete. Been great to sit down and reflect on the last three years of development and working together as a coach athlete team. Hopefully you got plenty out of this open and honest discussion as well. The, the ins and outs, the various things we've done. Obviously there are some things here that are very individual and specific. So keep that in mind. There's always a bit of individualization that we need to go through. So not all of this may be directly applicable uh, to your circumstance, but let us know. Let's have a conversation around some ideas that you've taken away from this podcast. And if you want to know more, get in contact with us. Or if you want to hear more conversations like this on the podcast, get in contact with us either at the Mets Instagram page, at Mets Performance, or send me a direct email, nick at metsperformance.com. Always happy to hear from anyone who's listening to our podcast uh, and enjoying plenty of the, uh, the stories that we're putting up here. So I'm going to leave it there. Hopefully you enjoyed that conversation and we'll see you in the next one.